0: Yeah. Um yeah, so I mean I guess we'll be talking mainly about um, your and I mean your book Story Machines, which I have here, as you can see lots of notes. Um, <laughs> and that you wrote together with Mike Sharples. I thought maybe to kind of start talking about that and get the ball rolling, I thought maybe I'd ask kind of how you got into this and maybe Maybe we can start with, like, what is the School of Cognitive and Computing Sciences at the University of Sussex, and how did you end up there? I mean, you're from from Mexico originally, so how did you end up in Sussex to do a master's?
1: Yes, well, in Mexico I studied electronics and computers, and when I finished my undergraduate studies, I wanted to to go to study a postgraduate course to someplace, and I found Sussex, and I really like it because he was, um, they work with multidisciplinary teams. And for me, that was a key aspect. I, I think it's extremely important to work in an interdisciplinary environment. So I thought it was a good option. So I went there to study my, my master in knowledge-based systems. Uh, one day uh, we got an email from one of the young proce- professors there asking if someone want to write his dissertation for the master's about computers and creativity. And I was like, wow, what? Computers and creativity? What is this? For me, creativity all my life has been very, very important. It's a creativity is an important word that I have heard my entire life. So, of course, I answered that that mail. I ended doing my dissertation about uh, using a neural network to evaluate some basic music. Uh, so I, I fell in love with that. I, I really, really like it. So I went to talk to that professor and told him that I would like to study a PhD because about computers and creativity. So we were discussing, he agreed, and that professor was Mike Chaplis. We started to work together and we, we, we got along very, very well. We had a very good relationship. So after I finished my PhD, we uh, were still in contact. And we decided around 2001 that we want to write a book together about narrative So the book was to be called Creativity in Computers, Computer-Based Storytellers. That was the the title we thought. It was uh, going to be around 150 pages, and we thought we were going to be able to finish it on May 31st. 2002. Okay. So, different things happen, and we were not able to, to to do this thing. We had to wait 20 years to achieve this one. 20, <laughs> but um, three years later, we we wrote together a paper uh, where we compare uh, three computer models: Machika, my story generator, uh, Brutus, and Minster, and that. That paper was important because somehow give us a good idea how the book could be, you know, how we could develop this further into into a, a book. But well, time passed and we have to wait until 2017. Mike was in Mexico City in those days. He was here at my place and we were talking, and we start again to talk about the importance of writing this book. So we agree that when we finish, as soon as we finish our current business, our commitments, uh, we will start to seriously talk again about doing this book. So in September 2019, we were in London. I was uh, at Mike's house. And finally, we started to seriously talk about this project. The project, uh, the idea of the project was to write a book that allow people who were not experts to understand better how all these new technologies, particular narrative generators, work. Because I think it's very, very important for our society to be informed about these developments because they are having a really, really strong effect in society. And there are a lot of misinformation around, a lot. So we thought it was very important. So we agreed to write two books. One, Story Machines, is the one who is more general. It describes past, present, and future of narrative generators, and gives a global view of the the field. And the second book, who is going to be published in a few months in July by Oxford University Press, it describes in much more detail how each of these systems or some of the most important systems for narrative generate generation works. Um, the second book also is intended for people who not are experts in computer science, but of course they need to have some knowledge. Yes, uh, I mean, it's not, you have to have some background, but not, you don't have to be an expert in, in computer science. So that's how this, that's the discussion we had that that day in in London in in twenty nineteen, so we, we agree in working this in this project, these two books, and we start to 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 work in the in, in, in the project, and and what finally we have finished both of them, and we are very very happy. Um, and the first to to be uh, published was Story matrix
0: Yeah, so maybe to to make it more specific, I mean the book is very much about. At least that's the way I look at it. It's very much about this kind of it seems to me there's a goal to try and create machines or like, you know, computer programs, AI, whatever you want to call it, that can write stories, um, you know, maybe even entire novels that people enjoy reading and that kind of stuff. And it's um yeah, and as I said, you yeah, you describe kind of like how it started, the early days and what's happening today. And yeah, it's funny that we're talking right now. I guess it's a bit of a coincidence, but I mean, in the last few weeks, it seems like chat GPT has really become quite famous in the news and in all the kind of this kind of things because it can, you know, produce very, well, text that seems quite human in that sense. And to to go back, so it, it seems like to me, by the way, one question,
1: you call it Mexica? Mexica. Yeah. Mexica. Mexica.
0: But it's a sh sound, not a Mexican.
1: Or something like that. No, it's Mexica, exactly. S H. And the like, country,
0: you say the same way, or
1: no, Mexico. Or... In Spanish, we we'll say Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. but the, that sound doesn't exist in Spanish. So that's the reason the Spanish, when they arrive to Mexico, they use this uh, X you not know, to 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 represent that sound because it's not a sound we use in Spanish. So that's the reason it's with X.
0: Okay. So it seems to me that that project then started very early on that since you started working on creativity and computers. Yeah, maybe to provide a bit of the history of kind of these things, like when you started um, working on Meshika if mm-hmm. <laughs> I got that right? That's okay. right, very good. <laughs> um, kind of what were you trying to do with it that hadn't already been done? Kind of what was the, the new aspect that you were trying to add to existing programs?
1: When I started my PhD, there were some interesting programs around.
0: So this was like, two thousand. when was this? Two thousand nineteen ninety.
1: When was this reference? I, first, I studied my master from 92 to 93, and I started the, the PhD in 1993. Ah, okay. So there were some programs around. Two that I really, really like. One is called Minstrel. Program writes short stories about the King Arthur uh, and the knights of the... Roundtable, and the other that I really like is called Daydreamer. It, it simulates a woman who has, is having daydreamers about daydreamings, about uh, having, she's in love with Harrison Ford, so she just starts to imagine <laughs> the things that she could do with Harrison Ford. So all those are, are the narratives. And those programs, all those and others, were based in a technique that is called problem solving that basically the idea is that you have initial goal, you have a final goal, you have a set of operators or actions that your characters can perform in order to move from the initial state to the goal state, to the final state. That's the essence. And they did very, very interesting things with that. But that technique didn't... um, I, I felt that it was necessary to explore other options. Because when we write, it's true that sometimes we have goals, clear goals that we want to achieve that, but some other times that's not the case. some other times ideas just came, yes, and we just start to write i I, I read a lot about how writers write, how they what they say about writing no how what writers say about writing, and some of them describe these these ideas that for example, they don't know. What is going to happen? That the story just develops. And that kind of stuff is not represented in problem solving because, as I mentioned, you have a final goal. You have clearly the goals you want to achieve. So what I wanted was to develop a system that was not based exclusively in problem solving. I wanted to generate something different that represents that process where we just start To generate ideas without a specific goal. All this was shaped by my conversation with Mike Sharpless because he, in those days, was finishing of developing this um, cognitive model of creative writing, Uh, and uh, his ideas feel very well with this concern I had because he says that writing is a process that has two states. One is called engagement. The other is called reflection. The typical example of engagement is when we are daydreaming, ideas just flow, we don't have control of how these ideas arrive. And the other state reflection is a very analytic, very much problem-solving oriented process, yes? So the combination of both is what produces the creative process in humans. Of course, these ideas are very old, no? They have a long history, but Mike was able to collect all of them and put them together and incorporate um, and new elements to all these ideas and make something really coherent. So inspired by all these ideas, I use it as a framework to build Mexica, especially because this engagement state was like something for me, like, yes, no? We need to represent something different. No, no, that, that sounded to me more like the way we humans work not more like that problem, mechanical problem solving approach. So that was my goal to try to produce something different. So I started, uh, I started to, to think a lot about that, not because this um, framework, not the engagement, reflection, uh, community account of creative writing is very interesting, but it's very general. No, it's a a very good framework, but there are a lot of gaps there that you need to fulfill in order to build a computer program. So. Um, there are uh, many things I can describe about that, but we can, we will need like several several weeks to go into too many in details. So I will just say that one of the things I did is to think how we can represent this engagement process, this automatic process where the system just starts to associate ideas without using goal. How we can do that? And my solution was to represents the emotional relations and, clo- and conflicts between characters as a way to associate ideas. And for me, that's one of the main contributions of the system. So in that way, we, I was able to generate sequence of more or less coherent uh, ideas, and then reflection goes into the stage to fix all the gaps there, no? all the gaps that happen, during the generation process, and then we have a coherent story. And that was something important because before all programs at the end use some kind of predefined um, structure to be sure that the output was going to be coherent. And Mexica didn't use that. No, Mexica. the the story just emerged as part of all this process I'm I'm describing. And I think that was something very important, something very different to what happened before. Uh, So that was like the main motivation not to to do, about doing something different to what was in that moment, because Problem Solving has had a really, really huge influence in the development of um, uh, automatic storytelling. And I think, well, I think I achieved the goal. So, uh i I was very happy with the with the results and of course during all this year I have been working in improving and improving and improving the system because it's uh, endless. No, this is an endless process. We know <laughs> so few about how the creative process works that always there are a lot of opportunities and ideas there, no? But that's how it did start.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me that I mean so you mentioned that the early versions often had a very problem solving kind of approach to writing fiction or sh- short stories usually and in the book you also mentioned lots that take i can't remember which is which anymore but you know that take like lots of folk stories or um, or different kinds of stories and then kind of try and get the essence out of them and then try and retell a story in that style am i correct then in understanding that uh, mexica then tries to it, it's i mean one thing that sets it apart is that Potentially, the stories are more creative than if you just, be, you know, if you just kind of retell stories that you put into the system. Or do you still kind of start with that large base of like you feed lots of stories into the system, and then from there it learns to retell stories?
1: Well, let me first answer this last part. The idea of Meshika is to represent some of the ways we work in order to generate a story that means that mexica needs some knowledge i mean we are able to generate stories because we have experience we have lived we have knowledge yes so mexica is not part of the mexica model to represent how we get that knowledge so we assume or i assume that mexica already has that knowledge so to do that I provide some information to the system. And the main idea of that information is that Mexica is able to register how we people act on their specific contexts that are described in terms of the emotional links and conflicts between characters. For example, from the stories I provide to Mexica, Mexica registered that when someone is in love, what is something logical to do, for example. Yes, because that that by the way is very social. No, it depends in depends a lot. It's not the same how people behave when are in love in in the UK, in Germany, or in Mexico. No, it's it's very very different. No, um, when my father was young, he and his mates used to go to serenade girls around the around the, the city. You know, with the guitars and play you know these romantic songs, things like that. No? <laughs> I have never seen something like that. I don't know if it happened, but at least I have never seen that something like that in in, in the UK, for example, where I live five years. So this is very social, which is very interesting. So I provide the stories not to provide words. I don't work with words, but to provide information that the system can then recollect and use it to know between quotation how to continue given a specific context in terms of this emotional conflict. That's the kind of information I, I provide. And as I explained before, because Mexica, uh, um, it's assumed that Mexica already has that knowledge. It's not just a newborn. Yes. So yes, I I I, I use that information to generate. Is that more creative than other techniques? Oof, no, uh, that's a, um, it's a complicated question because we don't have really a, a universal definition of creativity. I mean, the best we have is that creativity is something that is new and is novel or interesting. You know? Something new, something novel, and something interesting or useful. That's the more or less the general definition, but that, even that has some problems. <laughs> you know? uh, what is novel is not that simple. So um, I wouldn't at all say that one system is more creative than the other, but definitely, these different approaches, the approach that Mexica follows, the approach that problem-solving follows, the programs based on problem-solving follows, and the new techniques based on deep neural networks, they contribute in completely different ways. They provide different information, different perspectives. And at the end, all that are important because, as I said, we don't understand creativity, we don't understand how we work, so we need as much information as possible to start to figure out things
0: so yeah i mean for example you uh, sent me two stories although i think there's also one story is in story machines you reproduced it i mean it would be too long to read the entire story here now but i thought there's i mean so what's interesting to me is about these stories that uh, Mishika produces is that it's very much it reads a little bit like almost a synopsis of the like an action point list almost right I mean, for example this one story i have in front of me which is story 18 for example i mean like yeah to just to read like a little bit of it unexpectedly the lady saw the princess had the sacred knife that was stolen from the temple so there was no doubt she was the murderer of the old priest the princess produced in the lady conflicting feelings you know, this kind of like description of what the feelings are is, of course, very different from what you might read in a novel. And so I'm curious, like, how would you, you know, to make that an engaging story, you wouldn't usually just describe the emotion in this like very uh, direct way. Uh, but you might try and get it more indirectly. So I'm curious, like, what's what's missing from the, like, how can you add that basically to the program to Take it kind of to the next level in that sense.
1: Um, Let me explain something. Two things. One is that Mexica, what really is, is a plot generator. It's what it is. It's not a language model. So the goal of Mexica is not to produce nice Mm -hmm. language, uh, stories with not nice language, but to produce seconds of coherent, interesting, and novel. ideas, a sequence of action. That's the main goal of Mexica. And uh, that's because Mexica is a research tool to try to understand better how we work to to be able to produce that sequence of interesting novel and coherent (laughs) ideas. That's what I'm really interested in. So in this case, one thing that i really like is that mexica has some knowledge about the emotional status of the characters and that's the reason i thought it was interesting that in some specific points the system make a reference to that emotional status of the characters and that's the reason that phrase that you read is there no in that moment now it would be better to describe it in another way yes and It's very simple in Mexica because Mexica uses templates to generate the final output. Because as I just mentioned, it's not a language model. So it uses these basic templates. And then you can put elaborate ways to describe things. Yes, in very, very different ways. For me, the important thing is that Mexica is able to recognize this emotional situation and do something about that either included in the story or decided not to include it, wherever. But that for me is like the core of of my goals. No, It's like uh, how, how this happened, how we humans realize about that, how we can using this information make something to happen in the story. That's the kind of things Mexique is trying to represent. That's the reason this phrase is like that. It's simple because if I use very elaborated phrases, somehow. I don't want people to think that that was produced by by Mexica because Mexica is not its code. But it's simple to do it. It's not a a big problem, not to put more, something more, uh, no? The the princess, the heart of the princess was beating fast because she knew something was wrong here, for example. I don't know. I'm just (laughs) saying a word, a phrase.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I then I slightly uh, um, misunderstood the point of Mishika because I thought it was an attempt to write stories rather than. It, I mean, it sounds to me almost as if you're using, as if you're trying to understand the human mind by modeling part of the creative process.
1: That's the goal. Exactly, that's the goal. No, trying to contribute. To the understanding of how our mind works when we produce short stories. That's the idea. So I, we have these ideas: the engagement reflection, plus all the other things like the emotional relation between characters. So that's the kind of knowledge we need to make sense of the world. Make sense of the world. So, for example, based on which I'm claiming that uh, this use of emotions to represent relationships are essential to be able to make sense of the world. So that's the kind of stuff uh, I'm trying to do. That's the goal of Mexica. hmm
0: Okay. Okay. That really changes my, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like when you think something is, has, you know, this particular purpose, but it actually has a very different purpose.
1: Uh, and that's, that's important. I'm happy we're talking about that because one of the themes I'm a little bit concerned with all these um, cover in the media about, programs like uh, chat GPT and before GPT-3 and all that, that people start to think that that's the only kind of models that exists for narrative generation. And their goals are the only goals that people follow when they are working in narrative generation. And that's a terrible mistake in my opinion. And I think it's very important that society is aware about that. So in the story machines, in the book, we explain different ways that have different goals to produce narratives. Of course, we include a GPT-3, we include an explanation, but we also describe the engagement reflection model and uh, Mexica, and we also describe the problem-solving programs like the one I was mentioning earlier, Land Minstrel, and um, Daydreamer, and also we describe other te- uh, techniques like story grammars, not based in the work. Vladimir Prop, you no, know, about the the Russian folk stories. So it's important that people understand that. Now, there are different goals, different perspectives, different ways to generate that. Not only the ones who have a lot of money to make a lot of publicity about their own systems. You know? We are other also there who have been working for many, many years doing this kind of stuff. You
0: know, you know that was really the I mean, not necessarily the most interesting aspect, but the 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 one that surprised me most. Let's put it that way, about the book was that um, I studied psychology and neuroscience. Let's say in the last ten years, and through neuroscience, I mean, I was I also did my masters at UCL, where you know Demis Hassabis with DeepMind and a lot of the people from DeepMind uh, came from, and still have lots of connections to that. So that's kind of what I always um what i mean you could almost say like what i grew up with as the idea of what artificial intelligence is and of course they've i mean they've done lots of great things and made lots of advances but so when i thought about you know s- machines that write stories and these kind of things i thought that was like yeah as you said like the only way that you can do that and when i opened your book i was like oh there's all these other approaches that have been going back for decades or i mean sometimes centuries right these like old mechanical machines that people use to create latin poetry or whatever yeah it was really interesting to me to see like oh yeah this is uh, i and i guess as you alluded to most of the people (laughs) have been missing out on kind of the other half and potentially also an equally important half because that's especially where the structure for the story comes from. That maybe is, well, I don't know actually whether like GPT-3 and chat GPT have really been used to actually create stories and novels. I don't actually know. But um, yeah, the kind of more structural aspects that these other systems use are actually, you know, just as important. But yeah, as you said, they're not really discussed much
1: exactly yes i'm very happy to hear what you are telling me because that's exactly the goal of the book i mean people need to understand that the, the field is much much bigger than just um, machine learning there are a lot of other things there uh, all these approaches have um, limitations and have a strong aspects all of them including deep neural networks all of them so it depends what your goals are No, if your goal is to try to understand the mind or to try to contribute to the understanding of the mind, like is the Mexica case, then systems like GPT-3 are very bad for that. (laughs) People don't know really what is going on inside the system. So if you want your goal is to generate very impressive tests with a lot of different, different Topics. Of course, GPT-3 is really good at that. No, it, it generates something very, very impressive things, no. But so it shows the power of pattern recognition and statistic information no? models to produce this kind of, of text. No? So it's important to know all this because we as society need to be aware of all the good things about these technologies but also about the risk that they can present and to have the proper information about how they work will help us as a society to be able to to push for the the good things no and and to alert from hey be careful with this be careful with that so that's the reason i believe it's so important that society understand better this kind of system and don't believe that only there is one company or two companies that develop artificial intelligence and all their systems are the only ways because the way many journalists report this is in that way no it seems that only uh, two three companies are doing artificial intelligence and that's not true at all
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah it's funny like i guess most of the questions i prepared were around trying to create machines that can write stories but now that you've kind of at least to me clarified like the purpose of mexica it almost seems like that's going in a direction that uh well i mean i guess the book is still like story machines is still very much about like trying to in a way like it's a survey of the different approaches people have taken to write machines that can write stories yeah, I'm just curious, like, is there, it seems to me then that there's a little bit these two different, like, conceptually different approaches to creating those machines. The one is, you know, the more conceptual, um, structural, the ones like like yours, and the previous ones, and then the the current, more famous ones are the ones that are built on lots of data with language and all this kind of stuff. I mean, is there, I'm assuming there must be, like, people trying to combine the two to kind of get the best of both worlds, right, or...
1: Yes, traditionally the first type, like Mexica or like mainstream, um, this other system based on problem solving, are symbolic systems. No, that they are classified as symbolic systems, and we have these connectionist models. You no, know, these uh, like uh, all those based on deep neural networks and this this kind of stuff. When the results of using neural networks started to appear, there was this huge you know, huge boom. This all these articles have been been published in the last years, no, in the last months, for some years now, no, showing and talking and describing what is going to happen. But also, slowly, the, all the limitations of this system are also starting to emerge because as I mentioned before, all of those systems have strong points and we point that's the nature no, of, of um, science and the development of this, this kind of programs. And Something that is starting to slowly take more force is this idea of combining both, you know, the symbolic systems with the neural system. You know? They are calling it neuro systems. This idea has been for a long time. It's not something really new, but now they are trying to do it also in, in narrative generation. Uh, we will see where it goes. I think really what we need is something different not the combination of both but the fusion of both to generate something new that's where i will i think is the direction we need to go of course i don't have the answer no, how to implement it but, but um because clearly we need to to cover the gaps that the different system has but there's still a lot of things we need to sort it out no? so that's the reason i think we need something something new but yes certainly the next step is how to combine them, how to to see how we can work with these different approaches together and start to get better results in, in, in different aspects. So definitely this is the route.
0: Yeah, I mean, so one thing I was thinking about when I started preparing for this conversation is like basically why might something like Uh, GPT-3 and that kind of approach why might that not work so well for stories and the answer I got basically I'm curious what you think about my answer (laughs) whether that makes sense or it's kind of a stupid answer but the basic answer I thought um, why it might not work is because the main problem is data so that they don't have enough data so my this is based on the following idea so from what I understand the reason that is let's say a company like deepmind you know was super successful with the games is because a computer can play billions of games you know against each other uh, against itself and can get feedback you know every few seconds that it can use for the reinforcement learning or whatever agent they use now that's very difficult to do if you're trying to write let's i mean let's take the extreme case you're trying to write a novel for, to get feedback about how good the novel is, i.e. how good the uh the AI is performing in writing a novel, a human has to read the novel and then tell you like how much they like it or what aspects they like of it or whatever. Which means instead of you know a supercomputer or a cluster being able to, you know, run billions of games in a few days or whatever. Now you need people to assess basically the quality and to provide the feedback manually. Therefore, you just can't run a system that, is, that requires that much data. Does that kind of make sense? I mean, I guess, I mean, especially like at the big structural level of a story, right? Because you need to read the entire book to say whether you like the book or not.
1: Yes, yes I think you are in the right direction. To play a, a, a game... It's very different to write a story, not very different activities. No Games have very specific rules, very clear rules that you can represent and you follow. To write a story requires a lot, a lot of different things, not just data, requires understanding of different situations, social situations, cu- cultural situations, requires also to understand how we humans behave, um, the emotions I mentioned before, No, for me, stories are emotions. No, they, they, These are a very essential part. And nothing of that is represented in programs like GPT, no? in, in, in programs using Transformers. The, those systems, first, they don't know even that they are writing. They, they, they cannot reflect about what they are writing. They don't have knowledge or representation of the world. What they do is they use this very, very sophisticated statistical information to generate the next phrase, the next phrase, not Transformers now allow to take a whole context of linguistic elements to decide how to continue the narrative. As I said, this, uh, storytelling is much, much more than that. So that's the, um, the reason is, I think we are far away from achieving really uh, real results about storytelling. Systems like Mexica or others like Minstrel try to represent this kind of aspects. For example, Mr. Minstrel, the program Minstrel, has a model of how creativity works. I'm not going to describe it here to avoid technical details, but it has a specific representation with details about how the author Turner thinks the creativity works, and it includes some representation of the mind, some representation of of characters. In the case of Mexica, I explained already to you that Mexica represents this relation between characters. The new version of Mexica is able to evaluate its own output. Of course, this evaluation doesn't compare to human evaluation. We are still far away from that because I mentioned this before, I will repeat it several times. We don't understand how our brain works. We don't understand how our mind works. The evaluation process is something very complex. It's not that simple as sometimes we seem to believe. But at least there is a model there, how to evaluate the stories it produces so mexica puts a a grade between one and and 100 about the stories it it generates so sometimes it's very happy with its own story sometimes it says oh this is rubbish not that put five or or four or three that happened because it has a completely different let's say philosophy of how to represent this process no it's not just a lot of data that you extract the patterns and that makes these statistical associations uh, so I believe that you are right. We cannot go further so far because we need other information that is not possible to obtain from huge amounts of data, like the like the one I have just described. No? it's not possible to obtain from that from relationships between this huge amount of data. For example, understanding of how the uh, the world works, understanding how our emotion works understanding that in Mexico you are in love at least before you used to serenade a girl and things like that. No, I wrote a song to to make my wife fell in love with me, for example. No? I mean,
0: it seems to work so for your family. People make
1: different <laughs> Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is from Barcelona, so I have to kidnap her. Uh, I have to convince her to come here. Uh, so I did a lot of things between those. One of those was uh, to compose a song for her. So to serenade once I serenade her from Mexico. I I was with a group of friends. They played the guitar. I played the guitar. So I I told them, guys, we we are going to serenade a girl tonight. Oh, perfect! In which neighborhood she lives? They ask. I said she lives in Barcelona. What? <laughs> yes, in Barcelona. So we telephone and we spend like thirty minutes in. A house friend singing for her, and of course she was crying because she had never seen before a survey because it's, a, it's social, it's something yeah. different. Yeah. So this kind of stuff cannot be represented or cannot be just yes, model in a computer system based just in huge amounts of data of linguistic or yes data with linguistic elements, no words, paragraphs, and so on. So I think you are right. That's the reason it makes sense to start to combine these approaches. You know? The reason I believe we need something new is because, okay, we are going to combine them. So if we are successful, maybe we will have some representation of the world with this huge capacity to produce language you know, that language models have. But still, there are too many gaps there that we need to, you know, to connect. There are many things, aspects that we need to connect. You know? I don't see how, for example, Thinking of Machika, I don't see how my representation of emotional relationships and conflicts can be useful in a system based on deep neural networks. We need to to see how we are going to make these connections. No,
0: it's funny. I just I just tried to imagine what would happen in Germany if you uh, came up with a bunch of guys and you'll start to play the guitar in front of someone's house. I know they'd probably just like. <laughs> not sure they'd call the police but they'd be probably the neighbors would be very annoyed with the whole situation that it would be disturbing the peace and quiet of the neighborhood or something but and i, I mean what i mean what's funny about it is that i can definitely see how let's say you train uh, a system on all sorts of stories i can definitely see how the system learns let's say you put lots of mexican stories into it it learns like ah this is a you know an important part of love if you don't specify that it's in Mexico and then it will add that to any story that might be in a different place, just that it would seem completely out of context in that situation. I mean, it might still work in Germany. I don't know, but it would be a very different thing to do than, yeah, maybe in Mexico, Um, which would make the story just seem a bit weird if you just pretended that that was normal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it, all these kind of things is the ones we need to 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 justify because uh, and to represent so the system can manage them properly. Because in one way it can be very interesting not to have a guy in in, in the UK or in Germany singing a serenade, but it would not make sense to expect the same answer, for example, for the from the girl from. Uh, that in Mexico. no, It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And the system needs to understand that. So let me just tell you quickly a story. When I arrived to England, I met this Norwegian girl and I was telling her about serenades and she <laughs> told me, if someone serenaded to me, I will start to laughing and laughing. No? Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> so maybe a system could have a Mexican playing a serenade in, in Norway and then the logical answer will be that the girl start to laugh no, and, and to make fun of the guy because... Something completely strange. Now, that could be something, yes. But you need to have all that uh, social context, that knowledge about the culture So that's the kind of stuff we still need to represent properly in, in, in these kind of systems. And definitely, system-based uh, love of data, just linguistic data, uh, cannot represent. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like one question in general is whether a computer can ever write you know a story that people would actually find meaningful and i think one criticism or like one reason that people say why this is not possible is because you have to have this experience of actually existing in the world and knowing all the small details that you can only really get to by living in the country uh, or not the country but like in the world and experiencing these things and yeah i mean is this like a fundamental barrier that that is going to prevent computers from ever being able to actually write convincing stories? Or is it maybe not that important if the stories... I don't know. I mean, there's lots and lots of previous stories that they can maybe use to figure out what makes a good story. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Is that a fundamental barrier? That's... I don't know. Or can that be circumvented
1: somehow? Uh, You know, it's just I think there are a lot of things related to this question. In one hand, I just mentioned that I provide information to Mexica, I provide stories. Mexica used that stories don't, not to get words, but to get information about the world. And um, from that information generates new stories, stories that different to the ones I used to feed the system. Can those stories be mean, meaningful for, to someone? I will say maybe, no, maybe yes. It depends also in the other person. It depends on the expectation of the other person. It depends on the. It depends on a lot of things. Yes. So, in that sense, I don't think that necessarily can be a barrier. You know? GPT three can also produce something that makes you reflect, makes you think, makes you see in different ways. Something. You no, know? the system doesn't have an idea that. It is producing that in, on you, but but it can happen as well, no. But of course, we humans, the way we write and what we trans, uh, transmit to the readers is very different. I mean, computers don't don't have any opportunity to, at the moment to have um, the, this kind of experience. You no, know, the, the rich experiences we have when we communicate, no. But Maybe in the future we will be able to have systems with much more rich experience with all this cultural and social knowledge. I don't see that necessarily is a limit. You know. at the moment it is, but I think in the future can be incorporated. You no, know, if we find the right way to do it. So that's the reason I said that this question has like different perspectives, different vertices. Another thing, and I want to mention about your question is that in the book, and um, this is uh, Mike's idea. He was reflecting, Mike was reflecting, what happened if the computer tell us stories about its experience in the internet, for mm, yeah. Computers, no? All the ways that happen, what will happen then? No. The computer will be having experience, and it's going to be completely different to what we have lived. I think it's an interesting idea the, to think about no uh, sometimes people ask me if i want mexica to write to a human and no no, no not really what i would like is that mexica cat could produce its own uh, style and that some people feel attracted to that style but th- i am not pretending to to produce outputs that people think it's uh, produced by a human that's not my goal. yes that's that's another est- perspective. Also, know that some of us are not interested to just yes, to produce this reproduction of humans. How are we going to reproduce a human nowadays? We don't have any way, but we can produce systems that generate interesting things. Knowing everybody, knowing that that's a computer-generated output and it has a specific characteristics that belong to computers. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, so one thing I was curious about is almost kind of where in the future the development of these new systems can come from because i mean so so from the way it seemed to me from the book is that often these projects are one person or very small teams kind of working on something on their own or in very small groups and then producing these systems and this is of course quite different i mean this is you know most of that's you know in the past in the 70s 80s whatever right that's of course quite different from you know big teams like DeepMind or OpenAI or whatever who have lots and lots of people working together to to have yeah I mean just very fast advance right because you have so many more people and I don't know so I have like one uh, basically my I'm wondering whether there are big companies especially Amazon or Apple that might be trying to develop something like this and I'm just curious kind of whether you think this is the case or not so i mean for example for amazon my the reason why i think for them it would be very interesting to do this is because they i mean if you think what they are as a company they have they display books right because when you search you get all kinds of different things they distribute the books to the people if you use kindle they actually you know show you the 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 book on itself and they have the ratings from people doing that, so they have the feedback. The only thing they kind of don't have is the creation of books itself. But basically, if they manage to do creation also, they'd have like the entire cycle <laughs> of fiction, right? From producing it to bring it to the people selling it, getting feedback on it. Also on Kindle, like what people highlight, how long they stay on a page, what the rating is at the end, all these kind of things. And it just seemed to me like it would almost be crazy if Amazon didn't spend a few million euros or dollars a year to just like throw together a few computer scientists, linguists, writers to produce a system like that. Because if they achieve it, the payoff would probably be enormous because they could, you know, sell large parts of the entire fiction writing system um, without having to pay copyright to authors and all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious like does that anything like that kind of do you know of anything like that or is what i'm saying uh, a bit silly
1: no 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 i don't think it's silly at all as you said and you are completely right most of these systems have been developed by very very small groups or individuals no many of the systems are phd dissertation no minstrel um daydreamer and others are PhD dissertations because in general these are this is basic research and they don't have so far a clear commercial application. The reason all these companies you mentioned are invested so much now in deep neural networks is because they see a commercial application. As you mentioned, they see monitor no companies the purpose of companies to generate money, and you know? uh, so when that happens, then of course they are very interesting, and they have this army of scientists and engineers working in in all these de- developments. And I think what you described is one of the goals of developing programs like GPT, you no know, Chat GPT or GPT three, and soon we will have GPT four. That's uh, that's the direction they are aiming you know? because. You describe it very well they will have the control of the whole uh, creative process and writing uh, and that means a lot of money so yes they are I, I believe that's um, one of their their main goals which is not a scientific goal so uh, the companies as, as long as they see that they can get some profits will invest a lot in, in that in that technologies and Ideas, like the ones I work with, will don't have that kind of support, of course, no? because as I said, they are, they are not have any evident commercial application. But that's the reason no. we, some of us work in universities, that's the place where we can develop this kind of stuff. Not that, maybe someday they will have some other kind of commercial application. But for me, the important thing is to try to contribute to the understanding of how we work you know? so but you are completely right i think your description is very precise
0: okay cool yeah I, was, I always wondered just whether that was like yeah a crazy idea i had or something sensible but it's interesting i never thought about it as like i never thought about it that the um the old ones were not that the the, the the emphasis is you know between academic basic work and commercial applications i never quite drew that distinction so clearly but that's of course a huge reason why uh, like well why these differences exist yeah
1: and you describe one scenario but there there is other scenario for example for video games video games is a huge industry producing lots and lots of money and there are people trying to produce video games that can generate their own stories no because imagine when you are playing no, with these systems and uh, and the system is interest, uh, intelligent enough to start to improvise the story based on what is happening that based on your own characteristics and all that, that will produce a big thing. No? That's one of the things we mentioned in the book. So <clears throat> I think video games is another good example of how these technologies are trying to be used in order to produce commercial benefits. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, as always, the future is very difficult to predict. But uh, what do you think is going to happen, like, in the next few years? I mean, with... Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like with ChatGPT there's been, at least on the... like, on the... when it comes to the words the computer can put together and create coherent sentences and all that kind of stuff, there's been huge advances advances in the last few years. I don't know, like... What do you think is gonna happen like in the next five to ten years or something of machines trying to create
1: fiction? Well, I think one of the things is that it's going to be clear for the developers and for the people all the limitation this system have, which I think is important, that people become aware of them. And as a result of that will happen what we just mentioned earlier in this conversation, that the next step is to start to mix the different approaches we have that we know have had some achievements but we need to combine them and i think that's going to be the next step for the following years i think uh, people will walk in that direction it's going to be enough i don't think as i mentioned also earlier i think we need something different but we need to work i mean to move to experiment and then see the new limitations and the new achievements and then start to figure out how to to improve all all, all these um, all these ideas. That's how how I see. Also, I think some people, few people, will work with the idea of trying to represent how our mind works when we are writing. And, in that direction also i think one of the ideas is to mix this kind of system but also to think in new theories not new theories that's the reason the kind of research you do i'm very interested about because i think i can get a lot of really interesting information from that to try to implement in the system so the more that other areas like neuroscience and, and other and social sciences advance we can also try to incorporate those ideas in in computer models. So interdisciplinary work for me, it's also a key factor in the future because um, all these systems we have been talking about basically are done for people from the computer science world. And uh, storytelling is something so interdisciplinary, we need to really work with other disciplines, not, not just from... From our perspective as computer scientists, so I think those are the like the direction I see uh, for the future in the near future.
0: And for you personally, is that I mean, are you do you work, are you continuing working on? Yeah, I guess what did I say earlier? Trying to model the creative process by creating a program that kind of tries to do that. Um, is this what you continue working on in that vein? or?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. For me, Mexica. Is, um, has become in my uh, life project, you know, the project for me for the rest of my life because there are too many things to do there. Too many things. I have, I'm still working in different aspects, improving the way Mexica, for example, evaluates its own outputs own outputs. You no, know? um, the way, for example, I develop a model to identify when a plot is not emotional coherent. So there are a lot of ways we behave that follow certain patterns that are related to emotions. And it's very important to understand them in order to make coherent plots. So that's an example. Uh, for example, I'm also working with some artists in New York because they are multimedia artists. And we want they are developing a piece called Stone of Madness that includes videos and writing and different stuff. And we want Mexica to be part of the of the creative process so we are working together so to and we are modifying mexica so um, the system can adapt to their necessities so it can produce things that can be part of their piece so um, this is a really really interesting and huge uh, challenge because uh, we are now talking that the artists Lille and bill that's their names have to feel really comfortable with the outputs you know that to feel that really contribute to their piece so we are talking about real artists you know famous very very strict artists which are really good and of course they are not they risk with this so that's a really interesting way to put machine in the real world and see what we can get from that so there are lot of things in the future let's see uh, my energy, how, how long it lasts to to continue with this? But uh, but yes, at least at the moment, my plans are to continue enriching this. And the reason is because I have created a really, in my opinion, interesting infrastructure with all this model you know, with the with the Mexica, and I think we need to exploit it, you know, to 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 trade them the the best way to to see new new ideas. You know? uh, so that's my goal and i hope um, i'm able to achieve it and to leave it to the community so they can still continue developing these ideas
0: okay cool um yeah I've, I've run through my questions i don't know if there's anything else you want to add at the end
1: i i will just say thank you so much for inviting me it's been very interesting for me this conversation oh, um i hope people realize that it's very important to be informed about how this system works and how the book Story Machines achieve this goal and also the new book we will publish in a few months. And
0: hmm, yeah. What's that going to be called? Do you know already?
1: Yes, um, in, Introduction to Narrative Generators. Ah, cool. That's, yeah. that's the, the, the title. And I, as I said, you don't, know, you don't need to know how to program a computer to read this coming book. And for us, that was a key aspect because we want as much people as possible to really get informed about all this, to learn different aspects. In that book, one chapter is dedicated to deep neural networks and transformers to try to provide a good idea how it works. And also to the other other techniques, you know, problem solving and meshik, of course, we have a whole chapter about that. So I think with that, um, we as society will be in a better position to to push our politicians and all these people making laws to do the right work in order that we can have or take advantage of the positive things that these technologies have and be very careful with the risks that this technology also has. and so I hope that in some way this this conversation contributes in that direction absolutely. Uh, <laughs>